Can the IRS take money out of your big account? Unfortunately, the answer is yes. If you owe the IRS money, or even if the IRS believes you owe them money, the IRS can take money out of your bank account. This is known as an IRS bank levy. Okay, levy, L-E-V-Y. Don't get it confused with the lien. The lien is simply a filing of a document in state and or county records telling the world that you owe the IRS money. A levy is the IRS actually taking your property. People get these words confused. I think it's because they both are four-letter words beginning with L. But a bank levy is the IRS taking money out of your bank account. Okay. In this video, I'm going to explain um, how bank levies work and what you should do if you are the unfortunate victim of a bank levy. But first, I'm going to talk about how you can know if your IRS bank levy is improper. Okay, because if your IRS bank levy is improper, because the IRS did not follow the uh, the process that it legally has to go through in order to, to levy your bank account, you can contest it on those grounds. There are other grounds to contest your bank levy. I'll talk about later for a for a for a proper levy. Okay, but first I want to talk about uh, the process the IRS has to go through to levy your bank account so that you can know if the IRS didn't take any one of these steps, it's an improper levy and you can contest it on those grounds alone. Okay, I'll talk about a, the proper levy and how to deal with those later and what the process looks like there. But first, let's talk about this process the IRS has to go through in order to even levy your bank account uh, in the first place. And this this isn't just, you know, uh, me being like, want to be a you know, teacher here. This is important stuff to know because the tax code says, the law says, if any property has been levied upon, I have the IRS has taken your stuff, right? And the secretary, meaning the treasury, meaning IRS, and you're definitely going to have to convince them of this. But if, if, if it's the case that the levy on such property was premature or otherwise not in accordance with the administrative procedures of the secretary, okay? So that's saying if the IRS didn't follow their own rules about taking your stuff, then it says then uh, subsection B will apply, okay? And subsection B uh, basically says uh, it's got to give it back to you. Okay, so that's why it's important to know this stuff, or at least hire somebody else who knows this stuff, so uh, that you can know if the IRS is trying to, to push you around illegally, frankly. Okay, um, so what are these requirements that the IRS has to go through in order to, to, to do a bank levy on you? Start taking money out of your bank account, okay? Well, the, the, the first big hurdle, or the first big hoop the IRS has to jump through is notice. It has to give you sufficient notice of certain things, okay? First thing that the IRS has to give you notice of, <clears throat> and this is from tax code section 6303, which states that the IRS, okay, uh, within 60 days after making, after making a, an assessment of tax against you, has to give you notice of the amount of the unpaid tax, stating the amount and demanding payment thereof. It has to give you notice and demand, okay? It has to send you a notice that says, you owe this much money, and we are demanding that you pay it. What does that typically look like? Well, the, the most common notice the IRS sends to satisfy this requirement in IRC 6303, Notice and Demand, is the CP14. And you can see it right here on screen. I'm not going to go through it all uh, because I have made an entire video about the CP14, which you can access by clicking the link at the top of the screen. Uh, but you can see here that it's it's 
telling you plain as day, uh, this is how much you owe, in this case, $537.40. And it's demanding that you pay it by certain, uh, by date future, right? So notice and demand. IRS has to send you this notice before levying you. But this is not the only notice the IRS has to send you, send you before uh, levying your bank account. The IRS also has to send you, uh, according to Internal Revenue Code Section 6331, it has to send you uh, notice of its intent to levy you, okay? It has to give you notice of its intent to levy you. So no less than 30 days prior to the date when the IRS intends to levy you, okay? Uh, the IRS, and when it says the secretary, it means the secretary of the treasury and by extension, the IRS. Uh, the IRS has to notify you in writing of their intention to make such levy. It has to give you a notice of intent to levy. They have to warn you and say, hey, if you don't pay us by such and such date, it is our intention to take your stuff, such as money in your bank account, in order to satisfy the debt that we believe that you owe us, okay? IRS has to give them a notice of intent to levy, has to be given uh, either in person, left at the, oh, sorry, ah, it has to be given in person, left at the dwelling or usual place of business of such person, or sent by certified or registered mail to such person's last known address. I made a whole video on IRS certified mail, you get those letters, you open them up, you tell us about them. Okay, Choice Tax Relief, 866-8000-TAX, choicetaxrelief.com. Want to see my video on certified mail from the IRS? Link at the top of the screen and in the description below. I go over the five most common notices and letters the IRS sends via certified mail. Now, what's a common notice that the IRS uh, gives taxpayers of its notice uh, of intent to levy them? Well, one common notice, and this isn't the only notice, uh, but one common notice the IRS sends is the CP504. Okay, and you can see the notice that says CP504 right up there, and you can say, uh, zoom out right here, notice of intent to seize, print, levy your property or rights to property, right? Saying, hey, you owe this. If you don't pay us this, okay, uh, then we might start taking your stuff. IRS has to give you, uh, has to give you notice Okay, no less than 30 days prior. So at least 30 days before, basically, at least 30 days before it intends to levy you, take your stuff, IRS has to give you notice of its intent to levy. Okay, finally, under tax code section 6330, the IRS has to give you uh, notice of your rights to make an appeal of the IRS collection activities via a collection due process hearing or CDP hearing. So uh, this says, uh, no levy may be made on any property or right to property, okay, uh, unless the secretary is notified such person is writing of their right to a hearing under this section before such levy is made, okay? So uh, it is your right to request a hearing before an IRS appeals officer before the IRS takes your stuff where you can plead your case of why the IRS shouldn't levy you. Okay, this is called a CDP hearing, collection due process hearing, um, and the notice they typically give to notify you of your right to this hearing <clears throat> is the LT-11, at least if you're an ACS. Okay, if you have a revenue officer, you might see 1058, uh, th and there's other forms they use for this notice as well, right? Uh, notice of intent to levy and notice of your right to a hearing, 
Okay, so basically it's telling you, it's giving you your CDP rights here in this section. Right to request a collection due process hearing. If you wish to uh, appeal this proposed levy action, uh, complete and mail the enclosed form 12153 request for collection due process hearing by such and such date. This date, see April 21st, 2020. This is 30 days after the notice date. Okay, so that's your deadline to file for a CDP hearing. And then give you instructions on, on where to send it. Okay, so generally, if you're in the 30-day period, probably a pretty good idea to, to request the CDP hearing. Okay, um, there's where you can uh, plead your case with an, an, uh, an officer from the IRS Independent Office of Appeals um, who can hear a case about why the IRS shouldn't take your stuff. Okay, um, it also buys you some time. Um, if you miss a 30-day deadline, you can request what's called an equivalent hearing. You have 12 months to do that. Um, and there, sometimes there's some strategies there because a CDP hearing will to, will toll the statute of limitations, right? Extend the stat, extend the time period the IRS has to collect, while an equivalent hearing will not. Um, you know, but there's kind of some pros and cons there because during uh, the pendency of a CDP hearing, the IRS cannot levy you, right? Not legally the case with an equivalent hearing, although they, they typically don't. So sometimes there's some strategy there between the CDP hearing uh, and the equivalent hearing. And there's some other differences too uh, between CDP hearing and equivalent hearing. For example, if you don't like appeals decision with the CDP hearing, you can petition tax court. Uh, you, but with an equivalent hearing, you don't have the right to petition tax court um, if you disagree with what appeals decides in the equivalent hearing. So sometimes there's some strategy there, but I would say in general, if you've received uh, the, the file notice of intent to levy notice of your right to a hearing, um, probably in your best interest to request a CDP hearing. Okay, not tax advice. It's just good advice. I don't know. Uh, if, if taxpayers come to us in the 30-day period, we will typically request um, a CDP hearing. Okay, so basically the IRS cannot take money out of your bank account without notice. As you can see in the law and on these notices, the IRS has to give you uh, sufficient notice of three things. Okay, notice and demand, uh, notice of their intent to levy, and then notice of your right um, to a hearing. So giving you proper legal notice uh, is a legal requirement that the IRS must comply with before they take money out of uh, your bank account. So if the IRS actually jumped through, through all those hoops, sent you those notices in the proper time frame, it's a proper levy, it's not, it's an improper levy, and if it's an improper levy, contest it, okay? Um, there are ways you can contest a levy on other grounds if it's a proper levy, which I'm gonna talk about later in this video, but now let's talk about how does an IRS bank levy actually work? What actually happens when the IRS levies your bank account? Does it just kind of like sneak into your bank account and take out the money? No, it works with your bank on these bank levies, okay? And so what the IRS does is it sends a, uh, a notice to your bank called the 668AC, and sometimes people say this DO here too, okay? Notice of levy. Sometimes it's just called the 668A. That's how I we generally refer to it uh, in the office, right? And on this form, obviously this is a blank one, but on this form it would have uh, your name and address, your social security number right here, okay? And then in the table below, it would have um, the, the, your tax debt by year right and then have a total amount due here <clears throat> and then down here in this little section here these are the uh, instructions to your bank and this is a scary language right here where it says uh, this oh gosh well, sorry 
uh, this levy requires you to turn over to us this person's property and rights to property, such as money, credits, and bank deposits that you have, or which you are already obligated to pay this person. Okay, so the IRS is basically telling your bank that they have to give you whatever is in your bank account up to this amount, the total amount due. Okay, um, now something that may not be obvious here is that it is only the amount that is in your bank account when your bank gets this notice of levy that is actually subject to the levy. Okay, so let's say there's 10 bucks in your account today and the bank gets this, this 668A. That's all the IRS can grab with this levy is the 10 bucks. Even if you deposit $1,000 tomorrow, well, sorry, that's after they got the notice of levy. That $1,000 you got deposited tomorrow, tomorrow is not uh, subject to the levy. Okay, and so sometimes, well, actually all the time, the first thing we ask, uh, you know, a prospect who comes to us and says, oh my gosh, I got this notice of levy, the IRS is going to levy my bank account, uh, you know, and they're freaking out, we'll ask, okay, um, on what date did, was the levy notice served to the bank, okay, um, and how much was in your bank account? Oh, $22. Pay us to get you into a resolution with your debt, but we're not, it doesn't, it's not worth it to pay us the additional fee to deal with the levy right in that t short time frame we have okay so make make sure you understand how much is actually subject to this levy uh, in the first place right because these bank levies they're one-time levies they're not continuous okay typically the IRS could do another bank levy you know next month right typically that doesn't typically happen unless you have a really aggressive RO who wants to kind of make the bank levy kind of like a continuous levy but unlike like a wage garnishment which is typically a a continuous levy, the bank levies are not typically like that, okay? Um, next thing you really got to know about IRS bank levies is the 21-day rule. If you go back to the 668, it says, in this big bold here, money in banks, credit unions, savings and loans, and similar institutions must, I'm down here now, underline, must be held for 21 calendar days from the day you receive the levy before you send us the money, okay? This is the hold period, the freeze period here. Okay, and this is a very important period. 21 days have to pass, and then on the next business day, the, the, if the issue hasn't been resolved, the bank will send uh, the, the money to the IRS. Okay, um, now this 21-day window is crucial for you to get your levy released before, the IRS, before your money goes to the IRS for good. Okay, uh, so what does this look like? What, what should you do if you're in this freeze period right now? Okay, um, here's what you should do. Step one. Like I said, figure out how much was actually levied, right? Only 10 bucks or something like that. Don't sweat it. Great, the IRS is going to get it. If it's more, like an amount that's material to you, okay, you got to really take action and figure out what you do, Get put together a game plan within this 21-day freeze period. Number two, get your bank's fax number, okay? Um, so assuming that there's a material amount in your bank account that you want to save, right, from this bank levy, um, the next thing I would say is get, get the fax number of your bank. And if it's a big bank, get the fax number of the person. Okay. Because there's an actual person at your bank who's dealing with this levy. All right. Get the, the name and fax number of the person, the actual person here, the point of contact at your bank. Okay. Who is uh, responsible for complying with this levy notice. Okay. Uh, and this is important because once you get the levy released by the IRS, okay, 
assuming you get it released, I want you to be able to give the IRS the fax number, the name and fax number of this individual. So instead of mailing them the release, which can take time, they can fax it to them, okay, which is much faster. And the IRS loves faxes. They're not going to email, they'll fax it though, okay, which, although archaic, is faster than uh, mailing it, right? And then, so after you got the fax number, you got to determine your plan of action, folks. You got to figure out how, how are you going to get this bank levy released, okay? And like most things, when it comes to negotiating with the IRS, it comes down to your financials. It comes down to uh, showing the IRS, hey, this bank levy, it would cause me hardship. And they're not going to just take your word for it, okay? You're going to have to prove it to them. You're going to have to co submit a, coll uh, a collection information statement, okay, that shows your name and your household size and your assets and your income and your expenses, okay? And the IRS, they probably want to limit those expenses a certain amount. It's called the, uh, the National and Local Standards, okay? But basically, my point is you got to get into a resolution with the IRS on this debt, okay? Obviously, the first and most obvious resolution is to pay off your balance, right? If you pay off what you owe... They're going to release the levy, okay? Um, second thing is kind of just informally request a little more time to pay off your balance, okay? This isn't like a, like a necessarily like a, like a formal thing, but we have been able to do this for some of our clients. Um, uh, you know, if, if we, where we just tell the IRS, hey, this is not like a formal thing, like a formal like payment plan, but, you know, uh, the IRS, it, or the cl our client does have uh, a plan to pay off uh, this debt, or at least a substantial portion of it. Um, however, if you do this bank levy, he's not going to be able to make his mortgage payment, which will make this plan untenable or something like this, right? So um, sometimes that'll work, right? Just kind of talking, not anything like super formalized, like an installment agreement, but just kind of talking through it with uh, someone at the IRS to explain your situation and why, um, you know, uh, you want to pay them, but this levy makes it tough too. Um, you could set up like a formalized installment agreement with them. Um, obviously, there are different kinds of installment agreements. Some installment agreements are full payment. You're going to pay the tax in full. Other installment agreements are partial payment, which means you're going to pay less than you owe. Okay? Those ones where you pay less than you owe, partial payment installment agreements, again, you have to prove it to the IRS that, hey, this is all I can afford to pay you every month. Okay? Um, there's um, hardship, right? You could you could prove to the IRS, hey, I, not only can I only afford to pay you a little bit every month, I actually can't afford to pay you guys anything every month. Okay, another word for, for hardship at the IRS is currently non-collectible or CNC status. Again, it comes down to your numbers. Look, IRS, I cannot, I have no assets, uh, I, I have no equity in assets I can, ex uh, I can access, okay? Um, I cannot, uh, you know, yes, I have equity in my, my home, but I can't access it, right? I, I, look, look at these loan denial letters. I, can, I, I can't take money out of my home. Uh, look at my cash flow, IRS. I only make this much a month, but look, but look at my necessary monthly living expenses, right? There's nothing here you can get from me, okay? Arguing hardship, arguing CNC status, getting placed in CNC status, basically telling the IRS, look, you can't squeeze blood out of a stone or whatever the phrase is, right? I'm a stone. There's nothing you can squeeze from me. I shouldn't have to pay you anything, okay? Um, that's another strategy. Um, another strategy here is to submit an offer and compromise. Um, you know, uh, the, the child, if you qualify, of course, I don't want anyone out there submitting frivolous offers and compromises. Okay. And an offer and compromise could be tough to put together in 21 days. Right. But, you know, you could submit an offer and compromise. Right. I cover the offer and compromise in depth in other videos on my channel. Link to all my offer and compromise videos at the top of the screen right here. Okay. Um, oh, and then, like I said, maybe at this point, now you realize that the, the levy wasn't, was not properly administrated. 
not sufficient notice, you can go back and contest it on those grounds. Um, realistically, with most of our clients, um, we either get them in like a quick installment agreement just to kind of stop the bleeding, right? Or get them in hardship if they really don't have any money. Um, and that, you know, will stop the levy. But then we might work on a, on a longer term solution after that, like maybe an offer and compromise or, or something like that. Right, but it's it's really hard to put that together in 21 days. Right, it's just it's really tough. Right, so stop the bleeding. Um, you know, even if like a full pay installment agreement isn't like the permanent solution here, it can be a solution uh, to get rid of the bank levy. Right, so you don't lose all that money in your account that was in the account on the day of the levy. Right, so um, there's strategy here. Uh, it's not really I don't want to call it games, but there's you know there's ways to kind of work the system uh, and play the system when you have an IRS uh, bank levy. So anyway, folks, uh, thank you so much for watching. My name is Logan Alec. I own Choice Tax Relief. You can give us a call at 866-8000-TAXT to book your free tax consultation, tax relief consultation, or visit us at choicetaxrelief.com. Fill out the form on the homepage, and uh, we will reach out to you. I have some other fantastic, fantabulous uh, tax relief videos on the, other, on the left-hand side of your screen for your uh, education and entertainment. And I'll see you in the next video, folks. Bye-bye.